Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. This time our roundtable, She Serves, She Matters, What She Voices, Coalition Partner, Sister Soldier. September is National Suicide Prevention Month and Hispanic Heritage Month. Today is Saturday, September 10th, 2022. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. And our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a partner with us, Wanda Petty. She's a U.S. Army veteran and president and CEO of SheVet Inspire. And she's brought us a panelist, Jennifer Arvin Furlong. She is the founder and CEO of Communication 24-7 and a U.S. Marine Corps veteran. We're going to talk about traits of empowered communicators. And one thing I wanted to mention as well, one of the great things on Ms. Uh, Furlong's resume. She was a Marine Corps veteran and the first woman to be awarded the Sergeant Major Dan Daly Award and the first woman Marine to be appointed editor of the Chronicle Century, the Marine Corps' oldest newspaper. How are you guys doing today? How are you doing? <laughs> so tell us, what's the, what's the trait of an empowered communicator? Trait of an empowered communicator, Um, well, I think the number one trait of any empowered communicator is that they know their audience. Um, They are able to uh, adapt their message. They're able to adapt their delivery style. They're able to adapt their listening style, all depending on who is standing or sitting in front of them, whether it's just one person or a thousand people. They have to be incredibly in tuned. Um, into the audience and, and remain audience focused throughout that message. So tell us a little bit about 24-7. What is 24-7 Communications about? Uh, I created Communication 24-7 about 15 months ago. Uh, I had taught at the college level for 18 years, teaching communication and public speaking courses. And like a lot of other people in the age of COVID, I decided maybe this was time to branch out and do something different. (laughs) So I decided to start a business. And now I go into organizations and I help them manage their most difficult communication challenges. So I I work directly with their leadership managers, um, helping them team build, learn how to adapt their communication styles and and conflict management, uh, learn how to give more effective feedback, all of those things. So when you watch when you watch uh, YouTube and things like that and a lot of these social media platforms, what do you see as big mistakes or common mistakes that people make when they're trying to communicate or deliver a message? I think the number one mistake that a lot of people will make, whether they are online or they're in person, is not really being in the moment, living in the moment, paying attention to whomever it is that they're talking to, um, and really just giving them uh, the listening that that situation deserves. Because, you know, just like what we're doing, we're talking right now, um, if, if we were to, to be online on YouTube, you know, and someone is looking away all over the place or not looking at the camera or messing with their phone, you know, um, I see that happen a lot. So I think that's something that I think 
many of us could probably do a much better job, (laughs) whether it's in person or online, just being in the moment and listening. So why why is that? Why do you think so many people are distracted? Because it seems like, uh, particularly with cell phones, people tend Mm -hmm. to not be present. Like you just mentioned, they kind of want to go off and get in their own little world and not be present in the conversation. Yeah. Oh, uh, don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's uh, one of the things just from being in the classroom to being in a restaurant, you know, you see this happening at such a young age. One of the one of my biggest pet peeves is I'll see parents come into a restaurant with your young child and they sit the child down at the table and immediately what do they do? Put an iPad, just slap an iPad right there Mm -hmm. in front of the kid's face. And it's just training them. Um, you know, to to not pay attention to the conversation that's happening. And so, of course, I you know, I blame a little bit social media. Anything that's based off of an addiction model is probably not going to be good <laughs> for, mm-hmm. you know, your, your communication. So it's, um, you know, our attention spans, are, I think, are like the, the attention span of a gnat anymore. <laughs> it's just getting worse and worse and worse. So we really have a lot of work to do to try to uh, manage how much time we spend on social media and on our cell phones versus how much time we dedicate to actual human beings and and just focusing on that art of communication and, and giving that person our our time and our you know our um, just being in the moment and our being fully present so what inspired you to kind of get into communication I, when I went into the Marine Corps, I went in right out of high school, and I knew I wanted to be in journalism. Uh, so, uh, of course, that was the first thing that I chose. And my MOS ended up being public affairs, so I went to broadcasting school. I went to, jur- to print journalism school. And I'm so happy that that's how it worked out because I absolutely loved it. I think that's where I thrived, and just being able to – get a pen and a pad and do a deep dive and do interviews kind of like what you're doing and learning about other Marines and their families and what's happening in the Marine Corps. And it was just the best gig ever. I always say public affairs was the best MOS ever. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. I wish yeah. I'd done it myself when I was in the military. I was a mechanic, but uh, I went to school to study public affairs and kind of went through the ranks of, you know, doing college radio and things along those lines. But uh, the thing that I always love about communication is hearing people's stories. Like that is mm-hmm. what drives me to really do this every 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 weekend. Um, we're, vol- we're most of us are volunteers on this show, but this hearing people's stories and hearing their 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 commitments to serving other people, particularly when things that guys that you guys are doing, you're going out and teaching people how to be effective communicators, but at the same time. Showing people how much power that that can have when you are an effective communicator. Oh, absolutely. Uh, One of the best gifts that I think you can give to yourself is investing in learning how to become a stronger communicator. And the research is there. It shows that those who are more effective at communication, they're healthier. You know, uh, their personal lives gain from it. Their professional lives stand to gain from it. You're more influential, so if you want to get involved in politics, you know, um, whether it's national or down to the local level, you know, in your board of education uh, locally, 
Um, you just stand a better chance of being able to make a positive change in the world around you. And that's what it means to be truly empowered. When you know that you can affect the world around you in a positive way, um, that is truly a powerful feeling. Hmm. So where do you see yourself, say, five years from now in your, with your business? You have 24-7 um, communications. What do you want to take this business five years from now? World domination. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I I really want to be able to do the the most good on the largest stage that I possibly can. So I am just trying to reach out to as many people as I can, um, so that I can be of service. So as far as my business goes, I really just hope I can be able to transition uh, to an even larger you know, stage so that I can just help others learn to become empowered and, and help them, you know, whatever their goals are. Uh, that's what I'm here for. That's why I just love teaching, you know, so much. That's what it was all about. Um, yeah. So get on those bigger stages. That's, that's my goal. So one of the things I always think about when I think about what's going on in the media today, and that is, it seems to it seems we're losing, I don't know if we ever had it, but it seems like we're, we're we need to do a better job at, understanding how to uh, how to decode information so mm-hmm. when, I, when i when i say that what i'm saying is basically we, we, we have, there's so much misinformation out in, in social media and out in the, in the public domain how do we become better at decoding information and listening to information to understand if we're if we're hearing a true story or if we're hearing propaganda if we're hearing something that's 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 uh, that's accurate or not how do we get better at that yeah, media literacy is something else that's close to my heart. I'm, I'm a media analyst, and so one of the things I do, I can't believe I get paid to read the news, and I get to rate it for reliability and bias. Um, and so this is another thing that I feel very strongly about with teaching others how to do that, how to be a savvy consumer of communication. And a lot of times what we're doing is when we read the news, we're focused a lot. We're hyper-focused on how biased is it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, is this something that is coming from the right? Is this something that's coming from the left? When really what we should be doing is focusing more on the reliability aspect mm-hmm. of what are it, you know, everything is going to have a little bit of bias. We can't help it. People are writing these articles. And, of course, you know, th- those little biases can seep in through the language that is used you know, how we frame the particular narrative, um, the type of statistics that we choose to use in order to support whatever it is, the argument, you know, that Mm -hmm. we're trying to make. So whenever we're reading the news or or listening to the news, um, I highly recommend that we focus more so on the reliability aspect of it. So try to think in terms of, is this something that is truly news? You know, um, is this like an Associated Press type of uh, news article where it truly is just, you know, who, what, where and how it's explaining the basics. And but if this ends up being the type of article that someone now wants to start explaining why something is happening, then we're starting to get more into analysis and that's going to be a little less reliable. Right. Mm, And then. We start adding the talking heads, and they start giving their opinions on things, and that ends up being less and less reliable. So just pay attention to the difference between news and analysis and, and opinion. And I think 
that will help go a long way in our understanding what it is that we're paying attention to. So what is our fascination with conspiracy theories? <laughs> you know, it's uh, clickbait, right? Right. <laughs> it seems like when I turn on YouTube, uh, anything- like 15,000 different channels pop up about aliens right. coming to get me. And if they're not aliens, it's, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, deep state type stuff, whatever. I mean, so I mean, oh, yeah. but what is it? What is our fascination with these conspiracy? <laughs> and people and people believe this stuff. People are actually consuming this and they're taking it as fact. Right, right. And you know, the funny thing about that is in being a media analyst, we just had a conversation about this the other day. I work with a group of media analysts. So when we read the news, we read it together. And we always have a good cross section of right leaning, left leaning, and then centrist type of analysts. And so we, we end up having some really good conversations, as you can imagine. Um, but the funny thing that's happening is if you'll read something that is way, way, way to the far right, like hyperpartisan extreme right, or way, way, way to the left, hyperpartisan extreme left, there, there's a lot of overlap, you know, in those areas. It's almost like coming full circle. Um, and I think, I don't know what the pathology is behind that. I just know that, you know, it, emotions are contagious. And the more you can get someone to feel something, um, the more likely they are to share it and the more likely they are to be louder, you know, about it. And so it's kind of like this perfect storm, you know, this, this fire catches and then it just kind of uh, ends up like wildfire just going all over the place and it's all based on the emotions you know associated press and reuters just isn't as i guess fun or exciting to Mm. read as you know something else you know talking about aliens you know (laughs) it's it's, it's funny because i remember uh there was i saw a documentary and what they they said that they blamed 60 minutes for uh, some of the some I guess some of the destruction of what's going on with with improper news or improper news reporting. And the reason why they blame sixty minutes is because before sixty minutes, people didn't watch the news for entertainment. They watched the news mm-hmm. to get information. And mm-hmm. then sixty minutes was the first show that was like number one in the ratings and all of a sudden people realized that you could you could actually entertain people with news. So then the news oh, yeah. started to become entertaining and it became about selling, you know, commercials and things like that to get more eyeballs and get ratings and things along those lines. And then all of a sudden oh, yeah. you have now you have the, you know, Fox News is, is this way. And then you got the MSNBC is the other way. And then you got all these different uh, types of uh, news outlets that are more about, like you, like you mentioned, spinning a story as opposed to trying to give you information. Yeah, something similar happened with uh, Kennedy and Nixon. You know, they had the first televised debate presidential debate between Kennedy and Nixon. And when they uh, did the feedback afterwards, they asked all of the listeners to kind of rate what they thought about the presidential debate. And the ones that listened on the radio felt that Nixon won the debate. And then the ones who actually saw it on television, they sided with Kennedy. And, you know, um, so it's kind of like the beginning of making sure that you're looking good. Kennedy had the makeup on. He accepted, you know, the powder, wanted to make sure he looked fresh, you know, nice and tan. And then Nixon wasn't feeling so well. He didn't want to wear the makeup. And he's over there looking all sickly and pale and sweaty. Mm. And it just did not uh, bode well, you know, for a viewing audience. And so it does. It has a huge impact on our perception of what it is that, you know, uh, what it is that we're 
watching or listening to all that information that's coming in and it's having an impact on how we're perceiving that message. So if you can give somebody five tips as to be, to be a more effective communicator, what would those three, those five things be? Um, I would say tip number one, like I said earlier, know your audience, make sure that you can adapt your message and your delivery and your listening style. Number two, know the situation. You know, when you're thinking about communicating with someone, how important is that message? You know, if you are trying to communicate uh, something that's happening within the family, a text message maybe is not the best way, you know, to send it. Maybe pick up the, the phone and call them. Um, number three, you need to know yourself and what are your own values so that you can also determine what are your boundaries and what are your expectations out of a communication situation. Um, and I think the fourth one, I would say know your goals. You know, keep on message what it is that you want to achieve by communicating with this person and keep that in mind. Do not, you know, go uh, off the, the rails or, you know, allow anything to, uh, you know, go in a different direction. And then number five, I would say know when to stop, you know, know when to give space, know when to give time, acknowledge emotions, do impact how they're communicating with you and your emotions impact how you're communicating with them. And uh, sometimes just stopping and giving it time is the best way, you know, to communicate with that other person. Hmm. So what what makes a, a successful media specialist? A successful media specialist. Um, are you talking in terms of news? Or are you talking in terms of? Uh, I guess more more in line with what what you're doing with twenty four seven. So when you're when you're out there, you know, promoting your business and teaching people how to be mm-hmm. effective communicators. What? How do you? How do you? How did you build a business around that? Yeah. Um, the thing that has been most successful for me is uh, making sure that I get out there in different groups and just listen. I ask a lot of questions. I'm creating a lot of uh, relationships. And in turn, I, I, what happens is whenever I have a, I've developed a relationship with someone and I'm really listening to what it is, I'm trying to tune in to what it is that they need so that I can figure out if I can be of service to them. And if I can't, then hopefully I'll know someone who can be of service to them. Um, so uh, I, that's really the core for me is developing those relationships, networking, getting on the phone, li- doing a lot of listening and having a lot of conversations um, and making people feel as if they're being heard. Mm. I think that's so critical, making sure the people that you're listening as, as, as also, but also getting that feedback from paying mm-hmm. attention to the person you're talking to. So you understand if they're on the same page or not. That's right. Mm-hmm. Very, very good stuff. Wanda Petty, thanks for bringing a great guest. We have Jennifer Arvin Furlong. She's a founder and CEO of Communications 24-7 and a U.S. Marine Corps veteran. I appreciate your time and all the great information you've given us. Oh, thank you're you for welcome. having me. Any final words? Um, I'm going to hand that over to Sister. Well, I will just say that um, for all those who are transitioning from the service to recognize the difference between the communicating, the ways we communicate in the military and the ways we communicate in the civilian world, that uh, the acronyms don't fly so much and employers really want to know that you understand them. Just as Jennifer was saying, is building that relationship making sure we're listening to what it is that they need. 
And on that note, thanks for joining us. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.